Welcome to the Million Dollar Body Podcast with your host, Nate Palmer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Palmer. And if you're here, it's probably because you're a high performer, uh, real estate agent, or business owner that's interested in maximizing your physique, your finances, and your family time using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers in your life. If you're not part of the Facebook group, um, definitely go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group. That's where we live stream these podcast episodes every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific. And you can join in, ask questions. There's a ton of cool things happening in the group, a lot of free resources that we're always posting. So there's a lot of, of amazing things. So make sure you're a part of that group, n8trainingsystems.com slash group to get there. So if you're already in the group and you're watching live, we're excited to have you because today I'm talking about how to gain weight and then to put on muscle and then how to drop fat and recomp your body without losing any of that harder muscle. I'm also going to be talking about my personal experiences here. So if you have any questions, you want to drop any, any comments, you just, you know, you're just here for the lulls. Great. I'm excited to have you. So, um, before we get started, one of the things that I like to be doing is giving a shout out to the people accomplishing some big things here in the million dollar body community. I'm going to give a shout out right now to Brian Olson. He's been hitting his hill sprints relentlessly in the group. Now, full disclosure, Brian's not a client of mine, but he has been just following along with what we've been doing. He's been getting his, he's getting more reps in on his hill sprints in less time. And he, um, you can follow along with his progress tracking in the group as well. I got to get another shout out to my guy, Eric Kelly, who's a monster. He is, um, I think he's probably like 105, 106 days into a dedicated program that he's been doing, a commitment that he made. And I just got to say that Eric, you've been doing a great job. You, I think he's, he hit just about, um, or was almost there 50 pounds lost released in a hundred days, which is amazing as well as a lot of these other just great habits he's been doing and, and amazing things he's been setting up for himself. So I got to just give a shout out to my guy, Eric Kelly, Brian Olson, you guys are doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being a part of the group. Really appreciate watching your progress. All right. So today I want to jump in and talk about um, specifically my journey about how I gained 35 pounds over the last 10 months. And then most recently I've actually dropped 14 pounds of fat. And what was that? How was I able to do that? What were the strategies that I use? And even if you're not necessarily like, oh, I don't want to gain 35 pounds. Why would I even care about that? I need to lose 35 pounds. I think some of these strategies in here are still going to be incredibly helpful for you in helping you fit your mindset to your goal and then structurally and then step-by-step step, taking that goal apart and getting yourself the results that you're looking for. So if you at any point have any questions, drop those in, in the, the comments here in the live stream on Facebook and the Million Dollar Body Group. I'm excited to rock and roll, okay? So let me give you a little background. I am a, um, I grew up pretty skinny, graduated high school, like six, 455 pounds. Um, there, and I've always wanted to be more muscular, always wanted to have guns, always wanted to look the part of like the action hero. I wanted to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you know, I wanted to like, growing up in the 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the Terminator, that guy was badass. So when I was 13, I was alone in my house, my mom was taking my sisters to school. And all of a sudden, I got a knock on the door. I didn't recognize the guy, so I didn't answer it. So a couple minutes later, he went around back. I have a dog, and the dog's like, what's up, guy? just greets the guy knocking on the door in the back door. And I'm like, ah, this is a little bit weird. And so I'm in the kitchen and I hear another door open on the other side of the house. And I think, oh shit, I'm 13. I don't know. Like someone is breaking into my house right now. What's happening. The guy didn't see me. So I grab a steak knife from this, from the knife drawer. And I go to my room and I lock the door and I hear him walking 
around in my house. Guy, big guy with work boots. And so I, being 13 year old with a steak knife, I hide under my bed in my room, holding this knife and being like, man, if someone puts their face down here, I will stab it. Terrified, completely terrified, out of my mind, all right? And, but like also didn't know that I'd call the police. So I ended up calling my grandpa. And then there's this guy out in, my, in the hallway of my room and he's banging on my door and I am losing my shit. So scared. And I've always wanted to be strong. I've always wanted that. But I think that that one event, just the feelings of powerlessness and the feelings of not being able to protect myself, my house, my family, um, really um, cut me deep. Put it like, put like that permanently scarred me in my psyche, if, if you will. And that's been a major driving force for me in my own personal development, in my desires, in my pursuit of fitness. And that's why I tend to gravitate towards resistance training and strength training to be bigger and stronger rather than just being able to run faster. So that's me. And I know a lot of guys, especially guys who want to get bigger, may not have that exact same story. You may not have been hiding under your bed as a 13 year old with a steak knife, but you may have had something else where your power was taken away from you. And a lot of times when, our, when, when that happens to us, we'll do anything to get that back. So what's up, David? Thanks for joining in, man. Appreciate you being here. So if, you're, if you ever felt like, oh man, like I just, like, just want to look bigger, I want to be stronger, take a second, analyze. Where's that coming from? What's that going on? Because there's not, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the vanity metrics of having great biceps and looking good in a swimsuit or having a six pack. But it's important to think about where those things came from. I think that resistance training for me is a way for me to exercise control over myself, over my body, over the weights, over my environment. And having that outlet is very beneficial for me in terms of interaction with my family, my business, in all these other places, because I don't need to now be quite as controlling on top of all those other things. So I've kind of gotten that out of my system and been able to actually, you know, put like, um, do something productive, but also demonstrate that I am in control. And I'm I don't know. I don't know if that's good or that's bad. I like it. So that's where I'm coming from with this. Okay. So starting last September, I've always flirted with training harder to get bigger. It's always been kind of the goal, right? But last September, I decided to get a little bit more serious about this. I was like, man, you want to, you really want to get bigger. We should actually put some things into place to make that happen. So what we started doing in September is, um, I, you know, cause I, cause I feel like before that it was kind of a roller coaster. I'd gain five pounds. I'd lose five pounds. I'd gain five pounds. And I don't know if maybe that's like, you're the opposite. Maybe yours is lose five pounds, gain five pounds, lose 10 pounds, gain 10 pounds. If that's the case, just call it roller coaster. I want to know if who's, who's in that same boat with me. Who's just kind of like staying kind of in that same stream, just going up and down, up and down, up and down. When you want something maybe a little bit different. So in September, I started training and doing this for real. So I tracked my calories for about a week to get a good baseline for where I, where I needed to be. And then I, I actually, once I figured out what was the right fit for me, my goals with regard to the way I wanted to go, I literally repeated and I hit the exact same thing, breakfast, lunch, and post-workout every single week for the last 10 months. Literally every single week, I'm eating the exact same thing for breakfast, lunch, and my post-workout meal. It deviates very, very slightly. Rather than having bananas, I'll have a different type of fruit. Rather than having like a piece of, a piece of toast, I'll have a different starchy carb. So like the, it's very, very small, minimally, diff, minimally different um, changes to my diet. And you know what's amazing about that is it makes it so simple to actually get the results you want because you don't have to think about what am I gonna eat for breakfast? What am I gonna eat for lunch? How am I gonna get 
How am I gonna get enough uh, protein in? I already have all that checked off. And what's awesome, especially for if you're a dad, if you're, uh, if you're someone who's, who's tending for another, like your, the rest of your family, you guys are trying to eat together, is that it gives you freedom at dinner to actually have, sit down and have dinner with the entire family. You don't have to now go out and create six different meals for your kids, for your wife, for yourself. Because I feel like dinner is one meal that was a priority for me that I ate with my family so we could do it together. It's not, it wasn't just like food, it was like a time to break bread, right? So, but breakfast, lunch, and post-workout meal, the exact same, always. And it's not, and if you're like, ah, oh, man, I just could never do that, I'd get bo too bored. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to, to get the goals you want? And maybe, like, I don't care, it doesn't matter to me. Your goals are your goals and that's extremely personal and until you tell me, Hey, Nate, I want to do this thing. Here's some money. Let's go. Let's like s sign it up. I want you, I just want you to be happy. I want you to follow through on what you say. The minute you give me your goals, you say, Hey, this is what I want to accomplish. Here's what I'm going to do. Now I have a vested interest in seeing that. And if you can't, if you can't like wrap your head around doing the, uh, the activities that you say you want the end result of, I get extremely frustrated personally because I want the, I want the best for you. I want the best for you. Okay. So, Basically, that's a big takeaway right here, is eat the same things. Once you figure out what's working for you, eat the same things as much as you can because it's gonna make your life so much simpler, okay? So I also changed my workout to promote the um, more muscle gain. And now for some people, they might be thinking like, well, like, yeah, that must be nice for you to be able to do muscle gain. I need to do, like, do cardio, it doesn't matter. The idea is that I took my workout that I'm comfortable with doing, and I had to change it and tweak it. And I actually hired a coach to write my program for me because I'm not good at writing my own programs. I like to write easy programs of exercises that I like doing rather than things that are hard for me, that challenge me, and that push me the way I need to be pushed. So I had someone else doing all that programming for me because I don't want, I, again, I don't want to take it out of my brain and give it somewhere else. So I had someone else writing my programming. I was doing the exact same meals all the time. I'm trying to simplify this process as much as possible because in, in life, in your business, in gaining in your fitness journey, there are so many things you can be doing at any given time, whether it's, you know, advertising or SEO or blogging or doing a podcast or doing more videos in your business. You know, you can be doing any one number of those things that are not revenue generating. You could also be doing anything in your fitness. You'd be doing cardio. You'd be hitting Pilates. You could be um, doing some sort of like some shakes or a cleanse. You could be eating keto. You could be um, going on walks. You could be trying to get into swimming. And some of those things are, going to lead you more towards your goal. And some of them are not. Some of them are wastes of time and energy. Okay. So it's important to, to figure out what's giving you the biggest bang for your buck and then do more of that thing. For me, that was dialing in my nutrition early in the day. And that was changing my workouts to reflect a harder, heavier day, which is not my style. I like to go fast, I like 40 minute workouts and then be out the door. So, so starting in September, I was 202 pounds. End of March, I hit my peak, 238 pounds on the scale. I had never seen that before. And I felt not great. So here's the two reasons for that. Number one, when I first started off, I was gaining weight at a reasonable pace. And then you may remember in February, March of 2020, everyone was like, time out, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything else. And what happened for me is between um, the, like the quarantine, COVID quarantine lockdown stuff and summers in Arizona, my, my um, call it non-exercise activity, my walking around, my getting up, my doing things, my getting out of the house decreased exponentially. I went from, from hitting an easy 8,000 steps per day to being somewhere around 2,000 or less if I wasn't careful. So what ended up happening was February and March, I gained a lot more weight proportionally than I did in the previous months because my activity went way down and my calorie consumption stayed high. 
So I ended up, even though I was still bulking, I had to cut my calories in my pre and post workout to reflect the additional um, energy that I wasn't, ex I wasn't outputting anymore. So, and the, and the way we're able to do this over time is by just checking in on the things that are important. So for me, there was two metrics. Number one was my weight, my relationship with gravity. It was important to me. And number two is my waist to height ratio. My goal was always to keep my waist height ratio, my glycogen efficiency score under that key marker of 46. If you have taken that glycogen efficiency score before, you'll know that the 46 is what we're looking for in order to maintain proper insulin sensitivity, maintain the ability for our bodies to deal with insulin in, the, in a way that um, allows us to be lean, to put more um, calories into muscle fiber rather than into fat and just have a general better balance with our hormones. So I knew that if I hit over, 40, over 46, my GE score, I wanted to, to call a timeout and take it down a notch because that was too much for me. I didn't want to gain that much fat. So those are the two metrics that I measured like every three days. I was weighing myself and doing my waist height measurement, my glycogen efficiency score. So the, there's a couple things that impacted this, yeah? And there was a couple things that we needed to like dial in as we went. But again, this is not a, this is not a set it and forget it. When you're, it comes to your fitness goals, we need to be checking these things, dialing in, switching stuff up, tweaking stuff small and slowly as you go. So I wouldn't, I didn't change anything. I would only change everything once every two weeks tops. Okay. So once I hit my peak at the end of March, 238 pounds, I stayed at that weight. I mean, I tried to stay at that weight for about two months to let my body adjust to a natural set point. Now, if I wanted to stay at 240 or, or push even higher, then obviously I need to stay there longer. Generally, to get your body to adapt to a new set point, it needs at least six months, okay? At least six months. So if, if you're someone who's um, been up and down, even on that roller coaster, and you, gain, you lost 20 pounds, and you're like, yeah, nailed it, I'm ecstatic. You need to hold on to that weight loss for at least six months for your body to recognize that this is my new set point. This is where I live now. Because otherwise, our bodies love homeostasis. They love sameness. They don't want to change. Change for them is a risky and expensive endeavor. And so for your body to gain muscle or to drop fat, it's not what it wants. So we want to make sure that we're giving our body the ability to change by giving it the time it needs to reset our body's natural set point to reflect what, wherever, whatever the gains are, the fat loss that you got, whatever it is that, you're, that you accomplished. So after that two month time period, so kind of now we're talking about end of May, what I started to do was started to rather than cutting calories out, because at this point I'm trying to recomp now I want my weight to stay very similar to where it is. It had settled about 233 235. So I wanted to recomp I wanted to drop fat while maintaining all the muscle that I had gained over the previous eight months. So in order to do that, the first thing I did not diet. I didn't adjust my diet at all. The first thing I did to start recomping was add an additional layer of activity. And now if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, if you've been in the million dollar body group that you know, I am a big proponent of hill sprints. And I'm talking a lot more about hill sprints right now because for, this is something that I've been doing pretty religiously since March because I'm trying to maximize my explosive power, uh, maximize my fat loss and stay super lean while maintaining all the muscle mass that I gained. And one of the easiest ways to do that is by adding in hill sprints, a hill sprint element, because they're, they're the number one exercise that you can do for fat loss to reveal your six pack without losing 
um, losing any muscle mass like you would doing hours and hours of cardio or slow jog. Plus, that sounds literally terrible. So I'm not going to do it. I, wouldn't, I know myself. I'm not going to go for a jog. I'm just, I would just hate it way too much. So hill sprints are the not are lucky for me, the premier way of losing fat as well as being way easier on my brain. So from March, April, until May, I added in hill sprints. And about the uh, middle of May, end of May, is when I started to adjust the diet a little bit. <clears throat> so what we did is all we did for the diet to start off, you, if you, again, if you listen to the podcast well, you know we talked about the phase one and phase two of fat loss. Phase one is developing the framework. How do you structure your life around your nutrition, okay? Very similar to what I was talking about in the beginning, keeping your breakfast, lunch, and post-workout the exact same. All I did was move to an intermittent fasting framework. So all I did there was, was cut out the breakfast meal and cut out any post-dinner snacks, okay? So now I was going for like an eight, like a stop, stopping eating at about 8 p.m. and not eating again until noon the next day. So what I found with that was that um, I was basically doing my workouts um, at the end of my fast and then eating, eating my post-workout meal as my first meal after the fast. And what I noticed, as I'm still measuring my waist-to-height ratio, my glycogen efficiency score, and I'm still checking my weight every two or three days to make sure that I'm staying on track with where I wanted to be. Now, the goal was at the end of that was to drop another seven pounds, get down to about 223 or so, um, and being, be under 10% body fat was, kind of, was the goal. However, I found that by adding in that intermittent fasting, I actually dropped weight faster than I wanted to, and I ended up losing about um, six pounds in a week or so. So that was not what we were looking for. So I ended up having to cut that back. We changed the nutrition back again by just um, giving myself a little bit bigger window. So rather than being the 8 p.m. To, to, to noon the next day, I switched up the window to being 9 p.m. to 11. So it was only a 14-hour fast rather than a 16-hour fast. Give me a little bit more flexibility and allowed me to introduce a pre-workout meal so I was able to have a little bit more calories pre and post but again, these are very, very small changes I was making and nothing, nothing life-changing. I wasn't changing to a keto or a Mediterranean or any other style of diet. I simply adjusted the hours that I was currently using with the diet that was getting me results up until that point. Okay, again, small tweaks. We dial in, we don't make radical shifts because radical shifts, the all or nothing mindset, what that does is it, it leaves you burnt out after a week or two. Once you do everything, that you can, you throw all of it in there, you go, okay, this is the year, diet starts today. We're gonna do a keto, we're gonna hit cardio, I'm gonna do two days, I'm gonna hit two days in the gym and then I'm gonna hit an hour of, hour, hour of running. So you do that, you're religious about it, you're, you're an all or nothing type of person. If you're in this group, you probably are, that kind of that, have that, that mindset. If I'm not doing everything at once, I'm not doing anything, I'm not gonna do it. But what happens is we, as high performers, will burn ourselves out. And then also the worst part is that when someone comes to me and they're like, I've done this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and I plateaued, then what do I do? As a coach, what do I do? If someone's plateaued after having done all this shit, the only thing you can do at that point is you got to back all the way up. And what's really terrible about that is that we have to start building them back up from scratch because chances are they've kind of reduced their metabolism. And we have to build their metabolism back up, enable them to eat more calories, which, is, which takes a mindset shift because people are gonna often have to gain weight to be able to hit that, to be able to get to the point where they can start losing weight again. So this is, this is my, this is my um, I don't know, I was gonna say call to action, but that's not it. It's the, 
It's my soapbox. We'll call it soapbox. This is my soapbox for today. If you are considering gaining muscle, losing fat, some sort of fitness goal, do not go 100% everything in and the kitchen sink right up front because there's nowhere else for us to go after that. Start off slow. Make very small adjustments as you go. See what's working. Listen to my podcast from two weeks ago where we talked about you don't need a new plan. You need to stick to the old plan. You don't need a new plan. You need to stick to and follow that old plan to completion. And then once you've done something for two weeks, four weeks, and you've developed a consistency, like a solid basis around that, now we dial in. Okay, let's increase the calories on your shake by adding just another, like an oat, some, another banana, a little bit more protein. Let's see what happens. Okay, and the goal is to not do a, go zero to 100 like you would, like a lot of us want to, but the goal is to get 1% better every single day for the rest of our life. 1% better is all you need to do tomorrow to improve, to get to where you want to be. If you get 1% better, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for the next, the next year of your life, if you get just a one more rep, add an extra pound, eat a little bit better, drink a little bit more water, by the end of the year, you're not going to recognize yourself. You're going to have a completely different life and a different outlook. You don't need to do, go zero to 100. You don't need to. All right, that's my soapbox, sorry. Okay, so, so basically where I am currently, in case you're still like, yeah, I gotta know what, how much does this guy weigh? Right now I weigh about 228 pounds. I've dropped the, I'm, I'm trying to not drop any more than like an extra three or four pounds to maintain around that 223 to 226 mark and um, hopefully come in at, um, another like under 10% body fat. And in my mind, I've allotted the next five months to get there. If I can get there by January one and have the exactly the body that I'm looking for with the leanness that I'm looking for and be able to maintain that easily, that's a massive victory for me. But again, I don't need that today. I don't need it tomorrow. I don't need it in August. I have a long-term mentality on that because I know that if it's just small little things, I'll be able to maintain them better. It's going to maintain weight easier. I'm going to feel better, have more energy, be able to eat the foods I love. And my metabolism will be super, super, super hot, running really hot. So I'm going to have a lot of metabolic flexibility to be able to eat the foods I love, to go out and have um, a meal with friends, not really worry about tracking my calories. If I want a donut, I'll eat it. So the bottom line is that, like that for me, was kind of a, was a muscle gain goal that lasted from September of last year and will go until January, 2021. That's gonna, that's gonna be about a 16 month um, transformation, goal setting activity for me at the end of the day. So I'd encourage you to do a couple things. Number one, I want you to start thinking about things in terms of that long-term mentality. Not where you're gonna be tomorrow, not, the, not how we get shredded for the beach in two weeks. Where are you gonna be a year from now? What's your ideal body look like? What's your goal life look like? Do you, are you always at the beach? Are you, how are your kids eating? How is, how is the family eating? How is your nutrition in regard to, to um, your family and your friends and, and your social life? Think about those things because that's going to matter. You know, anyone can lose 10 pounds this week if I give you the tofu and kale diet. Sounds horrible. It is horrible and you're gonna gain it all right back. But if you think now, okay, let's go one year out, how do I want my life to, life to look, my body to feel? That's gonna make you so much more effective in the moment. 
Number two, maintain what you're doing for two weeks until you figure it out, can you be consistent with it? And can you dial that in slowly? Okay, 1% better every single day is going to make a massive difference for you. And then number three, the last one I want you to think about is where can you remove the headache, the thought processes, the, like the having to know everything and, and put a lot of effort into it. Where can you outsource the effort? For me, that was um, the same breakfast, lunch, and, and post-workout every single day. And additionally, hiring a coach to do my programming. Those two things removed so much off of my mental, like off my brain and my mental acuity and needing to be focused on something that I was able to run a business successfully, have a, be a dad to a two-year-old, you know, hopefully be a pretty good husband at the, at the time as well. So there's a lot of things going on that I just didn't want to uh, spend my mental bandwidth on those things. So where can you outsource your mental bandwidth? Okay. All right. So those are the three things I want you to take away from today. Even though you might not have the exact same goals as me or have the same needs as me or have the same macros or even the same like ideas on, on fitness. So that's the three takeaways. And if you do need some help, if you do want to outsource some of that to someone else, I'd be happy to be a resource for you and at least have a conversation about the ways in which you can start dialing and stuff in right away. So if you, if you want a little bit of outsourcing mentally to help get, your, get you to your goals without spending all that precious brain energy that you want to be spending on things that you love, your family, your friends, your business, just drop me a, drop me a gift below. Say, I want that. Say, I want that. And I will, uh, I'll reach out and tell you kind of um, what I, where, where you should go for the next steps. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Body Podcast. Make sure to like us, smash that subscribe button. And then if you're not a part of that Million Dollar Body group on Facebook, make sure you jump in that n8trainingsystems.com slash group. We'll get you there. And if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, that GE score, how to measure that or where to go for it, um, any sort of like outsourcing of your training or coaching, let me know in the comments below and I will make sure to get back to you with some good answers. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. Have an excellent day.